Welcome to Backlog Books. In this podcast, I will be recapping and discussing what I've been reading lately. My name is Kara. Thank you for joining me, and please be prepared for spoilers. So I recently started The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which I have seen around on the internet. People really, really like it. And I found a copy in one of my neighborhood little free libraries, and I was like, okay, fine. I've heard a lot about it. I've heard it's really good. I might as well try it. I finally picked it up a couple weeks ago, and I just didn't like it in the slightest. I didn't finish it either. I gave it about 50 pages to see if it would catch me at any point. I just don't read contemporary fiction, I guess, and I'm so incredibly uninterested in celebrity culture and, like, Hollywood. But I think if you like contemporary fiction and, like, old, like, golden age Hollywood-style uh, actresses, because that's kind of what it's about, you might like it. I just... You know, sometimes you can tell from the first page of a book that it's just not for you. Uh, And it turns out The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo was not the book for me. So like I said, I didn't finish it. Um, And you know, the book I'm actually going to talk about in this episode, I probably should not have finished either. But when it's fantasy, I find it a lot easier to just power through. So let's get started. This time, we are talking about Eldry the Healer by Claudia J. Edwards. Here is the summary. In a faraway land, the courageous and resourceful Eldry wields her sword to fight off the warring multitudes. When she spares the life of the brave and handsome huntsman Huard, he swears an oath of fealty to her, and together they set off through war-torn lands, enchanted forests, and shimmering deserts to seek a healing mage, a gifted being who can show Eldry how to use magical powers to aid the sick. But Eldry has a secret. Years ago, she fled her father's kingdom, then rife with intrigues, rivalries, and deceits. Disguised as a wandering herbal healer, she vows never again to enter the world of rank, privilege, ceremony, and protocol. Huard has other ideas. As they battle enraged dragons, pilfering bandits, ghostly apparitions, and extremes of heat and cold, Huard tries to persuade her to accept a destiny for which she was never born, and reject a love for which her heart yearns. Eldry the Healer was published in 1989. It was meant to be the first in a series, but no other sequels were ever published. Our author, Claudia J. Edwards, lived in Arizona and was a Peace Corps volunteer. She did also publish the Forest King trilogy in the 1980s, but I don't see that she published anything after Eldry the Healer. Um, and I think I saw on a website that the Forest King trilogy was set in the same world as Eldry, but I don't know. <laughs> It's a little hard to find information about books from the 80s, so. And if you Google the author, one website claims she died six months after publishing Eldry, while most other sites claim she died in 2010. 
However, her husband, Tex Hill's obituary from 2014, says that he is survived by his wife, Claudia. That was almost 10 years ago now, but still, I think I can pretty solidly say she did not die in 2010. She's a mystery woman. Uh, I definitely spent too long trying to find out information about her. She did exist. She did publish at least four books. What she did after Aldry in 1989, aside from surviving her husband's death in 2014, is a big old mystery. Okay. So, uh, I didn't like this. <laughs> this is what I get for picking up random books at the half-price bookstore again. You'd think I would have learned my lesson from years of doing this and having disappointing reading experiences, but here we are. And sometimes, you know, I read a bad book and I just let it go. It's whatever. I write a short one-page review and I move on, which is what I thought I was going to do here. This is what, like, what my plan was for this book. And then I found out that I had written a thousand words about it, and I figured I might as well make it a podcast episode. So our setting is basic generic fantasy realm. There is a map in this book for people who like maps. There's a little magic in the world. Not a lot, but a little. Um, and it seems like magic goes into, to, into specialties. So like you can be either a healer or have like royal magic or like hunting magic or something like that. There's not a lot of crossover oh, or like... There's not a lot of versatility to magic. It's like it specializes into one thing. Um, and also, in terms of world building, Edwards does give each of the countries that Eldry travels through its own flair and personality. So that was kind of interesting. So let's begin with our main character, Eldry. She is the bastard daughter of a king. She ran away from the palace 16 years ago and has made her way more or less happily as a traveling healer ever since. She's living her life. She's making ends meet. She's looking for someone who can heal with magic because she wants to learn how to heal with magic. I didn't hate all of this, okay? I did like this aspect of Eldry where she knows she's a decent healer, but she's not amazing. And she's she wants to be even better, and she knows, like... Learning the specific healing magic is going to be, like, her way to do that. She's always trying to improve. Uh, she does end up in a country in the midst of a civil war, tearing itself apart. And while escaping from said country, she nearly kills a huge man named Huard. She spares his life, and he swears allegiance to her. Did it take me until I was writing this review to realize that Huard is just the word guard? but with an H instead of a G? Yes. Yes, it did. Let's not talk about that. So they escape the Civil War together, but when Eldry offers to release Huard from his oath, he refuses. Uh, at some point while they were traveling, she told him that she was the bastard daughter of a king. Uh, it's kind of funny because Eldry is like, no one has ever believed me about who my father is, uh, so I have no need to start lying about it now. Who cares? And yet, and yet, from that point on, as soon as Huard knows this about her, he begins this campaign to convince Aldry 
that she must go home and take up the mantle of responsibility that is her right as the daughter of a king? Which, Eldry thinks this is stupid, and so do I. She also makes excellent points as to why uh, she shouldn't do that, which is, you know, number one, she's a bastard daughter, so she is acknowledged as a child of the king, but he's not in any way related to the succession. Uh, while she was there, she was given no title or responsibilities or anything to keep her busy or occupied or to show that they wanted her to be there, which is something that she knew her father, the king, could do. Uh, her mother is out of favor. Her father has moved on to a different mistress. And especially important, her father mostly ignored her while she was in the palace and growing up. So Eldry has no reason to expect a warm welcome back home. And also, and this is probably the most important part, Eldry does not want to go back. She wants to be a healer. She likes the life that she has built for herself. Despite Eldry's own opinion on the matter, which she tells Huard every time it comes up, Huard then spends the rest of the book manipulating and lying to her and convincing other people that she is royalty, which has the effect of isolating her from every person they meet. Because people aren't going to, like, sit and have a drink with you if they think you're royalty. She can't, like, have a random hookup in a bar anymore because Huard, like, hovers over her shoulder and is like, that person's not good enough for a princess, even though Eldred is like, dude, drop it. And then the other thing Huard keeps doing is he keeps telling people that she will accept their oaths of loyalty. And here's the thing. If you're raised in a palace around a king, you know that, like, oaths of loyalty are a pretty big deal. And that would pile responsibility onto you because suddenly you're responsible for taking care of these people and their welfare and their well-being. Uh, and she takes takes these oaths very seriously. She has to take care of those who have sworn to serve her. And so after, after some adventures and like they find a healing mage who says, hey, I'm sorry, I can't actually teach you healing um, and, like, Huard has managed to get, like, five other people to swear their loyalty to her. She is, like, backed into a corner, and she sees no other choice but to return to her home in disguise and try to use her old connections to find work and purpose for her new entourage. And, of course, almost as soon as they arrive in her home country, Eldry's royal family, who let's not forget, ignored and hurt her while she was around, descend and whisk her away, loudly proclaiming how much they missed her and how much they need her. Uh, and the book ends with her trapped back in the palace, knowing that she'll be watched day and night now and never have another chance to escape, uh, and that she'll never be able to be herself again because of how, how like, the court intrigue and politics games work. She's going to have to, like, change everything about her life and never express her own opinion again, basically. Um, and she confronts Huard, and he's like, yeah, I was hired by your family to find you, but I don't get why you didn't want to come back. Like, being a princess has got to be, like, awesome, right? And I just... 
she spends the whole book telling this guy why she doesn't want to go back and why being at the palace sucked for her. And he just does not listen to her until she is already back trapped in the palace. And it's like, girl, to fire him, okay? Kick him out onto the streets. But instead, because she's like a responsible human or whatever, she keeps his oath of loyalty. And she's like, well, buddy, you swore to me and you say you don't want to break your oath. So fine, I guess you're still my armsman or whatever. So annoying. Really wanted her to drop kick him at the end, but she didn't. <sighs> and he's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I thought you would actually really like it here. Dude, some people just don't listen. Um, and that's where the book ends. She's like sitting by herself thinking about how she's trapped and won't be able to do anything she likes anymore. Uh, so this was definitely supposed to be a series. There's too much set up and left unresolved. Uh, and there are a few specific things I want to talk about, and I'm going to try, like, alternating good and bad points here because I can see some good points in this, like I mentioned earlier. I just really think Huart should have been thrown off a cliff at some point. <clears throat> so I liked that Eldry was so open about her desires, and I think that this is something that Edwards cared a lot about to go buy this book. She wanted a sex-positive main character, and Eldry absolutely is. Eldry even makes and uses her own contraceptive, which I love a fantasy contraceptive. But, so early in the book, Eldry and Huard start sleeping together. Because uh, they're travel companions and they're having a good time. It's pretty casual. Uh, and then they find the healing mage. And Eldry's like, oh, damn. Huard immediately fell in love with her. I'll just break it off with him. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, she is upset about it, but she's like, you know, I didn't expect this to last forever. And this healing mage is young. And after Huard starts this relationship with this young mage, Eldry brings him the contraceptive that works for women. She brings it to him and says, hey, if your new partner wants to not get pregnant, have her use this. And I just... Eldry is a healer, and she has a decent enough relationship with the young woman to, like, actually discuss it with her, and instead, she gives reproductive control, basically, into the hands of the much older and more experienced Huard, who, of course, is immediately insulted and doesn't take the contraceptive or give it to his partner and give her the option. And it's just so frustrating because Eldry makes her own choices about her sex life and her contraceptives, and but she does not give that same option to another woman. And also, there was other weird stuff with the sexual relationships in that, like, like I said, Huard and Eldry have a sexual relationship and they're having a good time, but there's this weird thing at the end where, you know, Huard's off with the healing mage now, they've broken up, whatever, and he says that he slept with Eldry because she's royal and therefore has the right to sleep with whomever she wants. Uh, and Eldry is horrified. She's like, I never would have gotten involved with you if I knew that's what you thought of me. Because she thought that they were on equal footing. Only to find out that, like, 
she unintentionally took advantage of him, basically. But it's also framed a little strangely because Huard keeps talking about how he trapped her into sleeping with him as part of his, like, ploy to manipulate her to go back to her home country. So, I, I don't know. It's, it's all weird and messed up. Eldry does manage to, like, convince him at the end of the book that if she'd known what he thought of her, she would have acted differently because she knows from her childhood in a palace that those in positions of authority have to be careful with those who are under their authority. And on that note, I did like that Eldry took these oaths of loyalty seriously. She never thought of them as a way for people to serve her or a way for her to have power over other people. The oaths made people her responsibility. She is, however, basically bullied and manipulated into accepting the oaths of these people. Uh, her own wishes and desires are talked over for this whole book, because everyone, but especially Huard, assumes they know what she really wants. And the whole time, Eldry's like, hey, I'm just a normal person and I'd like to be treated like one. Please stop treating me like I'm royalty. Because I'm not. And the whole time, Huard is like, don't be ridiculous, princess. I will introduce you to everyone as royalty and constantly talk about your responsibility to go home and help rule your father's kingdom, even though you are a bastard and he still has legitimate heirs living. She must want to be royalty and have royal responsibility, despite what she literally says to him every day. <sighs> Huard is the worst, and I do hate him, and he is in the entire book, and he never improves, even a little. <sighs> and by the end, even though she is trapped back in the palace, Eldry has not magically come around to wanting to be involved in the court politics and shenanigans, which I did like. She's very aware of the constraints of royalty, especially compared with the life she built for herself as a traveling healer. What I want to know is why this book ended without explaining why the king never gave Eldry any responsibilities or kept a close eye on her, especially if, as everyone keeps saying in this book, she has royal magic, which is why she can't learn healing magic because she already has like the royal gift of magic and like magic doesn't play like a huge role in this book it's more like little charms and things except for the healing magic um but like royal magic seems to uh, manifest mostly as making other people do what you want which i don't think is great um i can see why you would call it that it seems kind of like a bad not like the best kind of magic so the reason i want to know why eldry's king father right didn't keep an eye on her or anything is if eldry has this magic that's super rare and it's royal magic and nobody else in the royal family has it why wouldn't you give that child something to do while she was in your palace like you don't have to favor her above your legitimate heirs but you could give her something to do but they never have a conversation about it like at the end she has a conversation with her brother who's like hey i do actually need your help 
please. But she never talks to her father about it at all that I remember. Um, and like, I know, I know I shouldn't expect every character to make logical choices at all times. Just based on what they told me about the importance and rarity of the royal magic, I feel like a king would like care about that and keep an eye on that. I, I don't know, man. It also, like, it came at the end of a long line of stupid and annoying stuff with Huard, so I was extra primed to find it annoying. Um, but anyway, you know, there were some good points in here, uh, but for me, they were outweighed by all the rest. Um, and I'm, I'm just glad the book's over. I had a lot to say about what is really a pretty short book, um, and hopefully... Having done this episode and put it out into the world, I can stop thinking about it and it can stop haunting me. I can only hope. I think it worked for From Blood and Ash, so probably it'll work here. <laughs> um, if you want more media like this, try The Hero and the Crown by Robin McKinley, which I do a podcast episode on, um, and it is much better than this book. <laughs> And join me next time to hear about Babel by R.F. Kuang. As always, you can contact me at backlogbookspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support it, the best way to do that right now is to rate and review it or just share it with a friend. You can find the pod on Facebook at backlogbookspodcast or at backlogbooks.com. The music is by Joseph McDade. You can hear more of his work at justmcdade.com. Thank you for spending this time with me and listening to me rant about a book no one's ever heard of. I hope to talk with you again soon.